tonight here in Manhattan. Let's get the uh, K-State side of things. Welcome in Stan Weber, longtime color analyst for Kansas State football and basketball. And uh, Stan, first off, love the weather here in February. Uh, couldn't ask for much better than this. Really laid out the red carpet for you, Sean. And I was in Waco not long ago, and when I got off the plane, I was hoping you're going to add your normal 20 degrees, and it didn't happen. So it started out with a little bit of a punch in the gut on the weather, and then the basketball team went out and was mad that they'd lost two straight home games and played great and killed K State. So, John, I'm laying out the red carpet for you, so please be nice to us today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate the weather. I'll say that. And uh, as far as being nice, man, every everybody needs a win. Isn't this wild the way this season has gone to this point? Just a tough game and really good games, competitive games, night in and night out. Yeah, no doubt about it. I saw a stat today that said the differential in conference games uh, on average is less than it has ever been. So that just means that the games have been more competitive. Uh, by final result numbers, at least. And you and I know that it's true. It doesn't matter if you're a top-ten team like Baylor or you're a team that picked ninth in the preseason by the coaches like K-State. Uh, it's a grind. And the compliment to the K-States of the world is it's not that much difference between them and a Texas Tech of the world or Texas. K-State has won against Texas Tech. They beat Texas on the road. And those are pretty fair fights. You know, it wasn't a magical night. It's just good basketball. But, boy, it's like that game after game. It's been pretty amazing this year. You guys, uh, K-State, the team, has been through, uh, I think, health and safety protocols, maybe to an extent not like anybody else. I mean, everybody has been through it. But uh, the thing I always think of is that West Virginia game when you all had seven players and one coach available. Uh, and, and it really affected you, didn't it, the start of Big 12 conference play when you started 0-4? Well, I think so, John, because that was the only game we had no announcers either. Um, <laughs> Wyatt and I were down yeah. to the count at the same time. Now, not that that matters, but it's just notable that I was watching on TV going, what the heck is going on? And guys, great job. They fought, they fought. They actually got a nice lead at West Virginia. And you know how hard that trip is and how unusual it is. It doesn't feel like Big 12 country. It's really like, whoa, where, where are we? And Bob Huggins is over there coaching like crazy. West Virginia is hard to beat. And K-State's up by 16 points, but, boy, they ran out of energy. You know, they're, they're like running a mile and sprinted the first half mile and then all of a sudden hit the roadblock because they didn't have any subs. You know, they're really playing seven guys, and one of those seven was a very, very short-minute player. So, yeah, K-State played good, but it did affect them, and it did take a while for the K-State's team to come together. It's, yeah, it's an excuse that people don't want to hear about. You you got games scheduled, you got to play. We all know that. But it really was 15-plus games in before K-State had their full roster, either not injured or not in COVID protocol. And since then, they've really played pretty good basketball, legitimately middle-of-the-pack basketball, no doubt about it, NCAA tournament-level basketball. It's just, you know, they are 2-5 and five in games decided by five points or less, and that hangs over their head tremendously and are not considered an NCAA team right now because of it. Stan, what about, I don't think Nigel Pack gets enough credit for what he's doing and how important he is to your team. Uh, tell us how, how good Nigel Pack is. Five 20-point games uh, on the year. He's the reigning Big 12 Player of the Week. I just think he's outstanding. Yeah, he really is, and he's just been a good player from the day he stepped on campus. He's very under control, does not force things, 
only takes shots that are open, uh, is patient, a team player, able to play the point guard position. You know, all those things are true, and he was a good player last year uh, and probably K-State's best player as a freshman and not a very tall guy, you know, basically six foot tall. But this year, he's taken it to another level. He's an improved player, a much better offensive force. And then recently, when Marquise Noel took over the point guard position, K-State didn't think they'd ever go into the season having both of those guys playing at the same time, John. They thought they would sub for each other, right? But it's worked out that they got two pretty small guys on the court, but that's allowed Nigel Pack to go to that scoring guard position, not having to have the ball in his hands. And he still only takes his open shots, but I'm telling you what, he's creating those open shots. If you go watch the NBA and some of the, the footwork that they have to open themselves up when it appears they're guarded, Nigel Pack's done that. Go by, watch the last three to five games, and it'll look like he's guarded, and he'll do a sidestep dribble, 45-degree uh, angle back, and knock down the shot. You're going like, wait a second. You were guarded like crazy. How did you create that opening? So he's expanded his game tremendously, and it really helped. He went crazy against KU scored 35 points. K-State scored 50 points in the first half, and Bramlage unfortunately dropped that 16-point halftime lead. That's one of those five losses by five points or less, a three-point loss to Kansas. But since then, he has been on fire, playing really good. And you, know, you look back at the last 20-point performance at TCU, a win by K-State, he only took 10 shots. So he's still not forcing it, John. He, he truly plays within the system, but, man, he couldn't at the early part of the year. He's been great. Uh, you mentioned Marquise Noel, transfer from UALR. He's been great, second in the league in assists. And then uh, another transfer is Mark Smith, who has come in, and uh, he's leading the league in rebounding. Yeah, he's done a, a really good job, and uh, his, his strength is just to be able to play at a bigger size than he really is because he's got determination. He's strong. You know, he's, not, he's thick enough that he doesn't get shoved around. He's a veteran, so he knows the angles and knows what the little tricks of the trade are under the basket. He really has a determination to go get the rebound, and he times out his jumps well. These are all super things, and that's why he leads the conference in rebounding. And he's been an all-around very good player for K-State. But against Baylor, if you remember back at that game, he had a lot more trouble getting those rebounds because he's undersized. And not very many games, as small as everyone's playing now, John, there's not very many games that he has to worry about that. He jumps as high as about everybody else. His timing's great, or he tips the ball away from a 6'9 guy. But against Baylor and Kansas, where you really had some big athletic guys out there, you know, his highest jump is still four, five, six inches less than another guy who's jumping high and tall. So we'll see if he can get to those boards tonight, but it's been a little bit of a struggle against the, the great talent of the Baylor Bears. Yeah, 6.6 rebounds uh, in the game in Waco. Uh, that was a, a big Baylor win. And what I remember about that game is, uh, Stan, Baylor played about as well as they could, especially defensively that night. And I also remember it was the game right after you guys had lost that game to Kansas. There was a little bit of a Kansas hangover uh, that night in Waco, wasn't there? Yeah, it's not like we're going to build this up and go, oh, watch out, K-State's going to really get after Baylor. I mean, it's a hard, hard job for the Wildcats to win tonight. Obviously, you'd rather be at home. But there was a combination, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first home game after you guys got surprised two times in a row at home. And I think that determination right. from your side really was uh, there. The locked-in defensive play was awesome. I and mean, we walked off the court after just playing Kansas and said, oh, Baylor's a lot better than KU. I mean, that's what our reaction was because of how soundly 
the Bears played. It, it was beautiful basketball. The offense was great as usual, you know, but the defense, like you said, just locked down and clearing the boards and playing fast, and it really was great basketball. And I'd gotten so used to you guys playing at that national championship level, John, last year that I just thought, yeah, that's who you are. I mean, they are really, really good, and they're better than Kansas. Well, obviously – you guys have had a little ups and downs in your injuries, too, and you're 4-4 four and four in your last eight. So that probably was one of your better performances, I guess. If you say that, it sure makes sense to me. And for K-State, absolutely. The emotional punch in the gut around this state, a chance to beat Kansas and the rivalry that's here. You can't imagine how much K-State fans want to beat KU. And they had a double-digit halftime lead and it scored 50 points and played perfect basketball against Kansas. And somehow – lost the game at the end. Then you come out with the facts like this. I can say it to you, John, because it doesn't, you know, the KU fans don't hear me. But here's what they were saying on social media and things like that. I didn't realize it, so I'm going to say that up front. But for the last 10-plus minutes of the game, Kansas did not get called for a foul. So uh lose by three, and there's that stat added on a day or two later. Yeah, there was a lot of focus on woe is us when we went down to Baylor. So, yeah, I, I think that combination really set up well for Baylor to just take it to K-State. And now K-State's much more fresh-minded. So hopefully they'll be a little bit more competitive today because that was a hard time for them. But if you guys play like you did and we go that night, just uh, wrap up the game because that was perfect basketball on both ends of the court, it looked like to me. Well, we're expecting much, much uh, tougher game tonight uh, playing in your place. And uh, and your team seems to play better at home, like uh, Marquise Noel shooting so much better at home. And I guess that's just natural, but uh, but that's what we expect tonight. Um, final question for you, Stan. We'll let you go. Uh, this year in the Big 12, uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's tough every year, but, man, it is a gauntlet this year from start to finish, isn't it? It really is, and I think we can say it's, you know, one of the best, if not the best, conference in the RPI net and all those things. We've got a lot of stats. we got your national championship. we got Kansas always fighting along for the final four. You know, all those things are true, and there's a lot of pride in Big 12 basketball, and I think it's fair to talk about those things, but I think this year is different. Uh, it, you, you still have Kansas just loaded with guys back, and Abaji taking his game to national player of the year level. Um, you know, Kansas really, really has everything going for it, and then you guys still are top 10 to slash national championship final four level. So there you talk about the elite, and you're as good as you ever are but I think you really start digging down at the bottom of the conference. Do you realize Iowa State was ranked, what, in the top ten at one point not yeah. long ago? Yeah, top I think ten. they had maybe four right. wins over ranked teams, and they're in last place in the Big 12. And Oklahoma's right down knocking on the door, and West Virginia's down there, and K-State's above them, and Oklahoma State's above them. So the bottom part of the conference, the tenth and ninth and eighth best teams, I don't know who they are, but they are way better than they normally are. So I would think our 8th and ninth and 10th team, if they could you know, magically go play the last five years, 8th, ninth, and 10th in a series, I would expect this year's teams to sweep them 2-0, you know, not even need a third game. That's how good the bottom teams are. And so that's what makes it so hard is you could lose any game uh, with the way that these teams are playing. I agree. I agree completely. I think we'll see it again tonight at your place. Hey, man, thanks for the visit. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you and Wyatt over at uh, Bramlage a little bit later today. Okay, thanks for having me. And uh, I know some people call you J-Mo. I'm not much in the nicknames, <laughs> but I want some of your J-Mojo, okay? Sugar Bowl win in the football season, national championship. Are you kidding me, man? 
You must be the luckiest yeah. guy in the world. I am blessed. Let me tell you, I am blessed. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Okay, I'll see, see you later. You all right, thanks, J Mojo. <laughs> that is great. Stan Weber, Wyatt Thompson uh, will do the broadcast for K State tonight. Uh, no Pat Nunley with us tonight. Pat is out of town on business. Hate that he won't be here, but David K will be with us. David from Baylor Athletic Communications steps in when uh, he needs to come off the bench and does an outstanding job. So David will be with me on the broadcast tonight again, six thirty airtime, seven o'clock tip off tonight. For the Bears and the Wildcats here on ESPN Central Texas Television on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus. And the women broadcast uh, with Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm over on 104.9 FM TV on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus for the women tonight as well. Thanks to Stan. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just